Our film review today is A Matter of Faith, which is produced by Rich Cristiano and Laura Bunnell, and written by Rich and Dave Cristiano. And here's the plot. A Christian girl, Rachel Whitaker, goes off to college for her freshman year and begins to be influenced by her popular biology professor, who teaches that evolution is the answer to the origins of life. When Rachel's father, Stephen Whitaker, senses something is changing with his daughter, he begins to examine the situation, and what he discovers catches him completely off guard. Now very concerned about Rachel drifting away from her Christian faith, he tries to do something about it. So the key points I noticed were, I noticed four. One, a young girl is being influenced by her biology professor. Second point, the girl's professor is teaching evolution as the answer to how life started. Three, the girl's father notices changes in his daughter and becomes concerned about her faith. And then four, the father decides to take action to save his daughter from drifting away from her faith. So my first question is, does the plot glorify God? And my answer is yes, uh, because it highlights that a young girl was being taught a theory that denies God's existence. However, according to the word, God has appointed the man as the spiritual head of the household. And so we see Stephen Whitaker being vigilant about his daughter's faith. He assesses the situation and then wastes no time in taking action against the false teaching of evolution. So the plot glorifies God because you see a husband and father defending the faith. My second question is, does the film content glorify God through his word and does it uplift his commandments? The father quotes from Genesis 1.1, In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. In the opening of his speech during the debate. And Psalm 100, verse 3 is shown at the end of the film, and that says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God, it is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. So, yes, God was glorified through his word because there were several Bible verses throughout the film. In terms of the commandments being lifted up, they certainly are. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to read out all the examples, but I'll certainly write them on the blog if you want to check them. But if we take the first commandment, for example, that there is only one God. The first example I have is that uh, Stephen Whitaker, the father, struggled with the decision to send his daughter Rachel to a mainstream college, but he implied she would surely find a good local church to attend. This indicated that he was loyal to the Lord and wanted his daughter to be in an environment that recognized God's authority. Then we have the scene where the biology professor, his name is Professor Kamen, uh, talks about evolution. He used running times as an example of how man had evolved. And while he was explaining this, there was to what I consider sinister music playing in the background, indicating that what he was saying was wrong. And then you have the conversation between Rachel and another student, Evan, in the library, where Rachel comments that Professor Kamen's class was so interesting and that he had good concepts and that he could well be right about how life started. And Evan had a very serious look on his face. Actually, he had started to walk away from Rachel and then he turned around and looked at her very seriously and uh, told her Professor Kamen was not right. And just the way that he said it, just his expression and, and, you know, his tone, it all glorified the Lord and basically said, there is 
a God and there is only one God. And then we have the wonderful comments from the father, Stephen Whitaker, during the debate, where he says things like, if God did not create the universe, then who did? He also said that the theory of evolution was an attack on God's authority. And if you start as God as the first cause, everything else makes sense. And then we had Professor Portland's um, comments about God. And uh, when Professor came and indicated that man had made God up because man was afraid of dying and man needed some type of cushion to make himself feel better, Professor Portland basically said, it's quite the opposite. If man had his way, he would rather God didn't exist because people do not want to be held accountable to a higher being. And Dr. Portland also gave a wonderful explanation about how evolutionists always refer to what they do in the lab. And then Professor Portland said, well, even in the lab, you still have to have somebody there to set up and conduct the experiment, showing that there has to be somebody in control. These things don't set themselves up. And then Professor Portland concluded by saying, it's not a matter of fact, but rather a matter of faith. And uh, this really glorified God because God requires we live by faith. And it reminds me of Hebrews 11.3 that says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And then we have the second commandment about being free from idols. And that made me think of Professor Kamen, uh, who I believe was an idol. Um, his intellect and gift of communication, as Evan described it, made him the most popular professor on campus, and no one dared to go against him. Professor Kamen himself had a pretty big ego. During his first lesson, he promoted uh, himself as the professor and and insisted that the students call him professor. Um, he basically set the stage for implying that he was the voice of authority. And then on the other hand, you have the fired professor, Professor Portland, who made his job at the university his idol and his identity because he said the job was his life. So when he lost his job, he seemed to believe at the time that he had lost everything, including the defense of his faith in Jesus Christ. He referred to himself as being out of the game. He no longer felt he was in the race that Paul describes in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 to 27, and that refers to the endurance of our faith. The father, Steve Whitaker, Stephen Whitaker, sorry, corrects him on this and says a Christian should never be out of the game. In terms of the third commandment, uh, th there is a scene which I think takes the Lord's name in vain, and that is, well, not so much a scene, but it's throughout the film. Professor Cayman uses the Lord's name without any reverence or humility, and uh, even in a mocking tone, uh, with an, you know, and with arrogance. And in my mind, that is also taking the Lord's name in vain. But towards the end of the film, um, while nothing is said, I, I did see him reflecting. And so in that sense, I think, I don't know if it was their intention, but for me, I read that as their way of lifting the Lord's name up and getting Professor Cayman to show that he was reflecting on what he had said and how he had acted against his creator. 
In terms of the Sabbath commandment, the fourth commandment, there was a scene where the family went to their church service to worship, but the day of the week was not mentioned. In terms of the fifth commandment, honoring parents, oh, this was uplifted in so many ways. There was love and communication between Rachel and her parents. There's an opening scene um, in the movie where um, they are having a party for her because she's going away for college. And you could just see the body language and the way they were speaking to each other. It really did uplift her respect for her parents. Uh, there's another scene where she is talking to a young man who wanted to do something with her for the weekend. And she said, oh, she couldn't because she was going home to her parents and her parents were anxious to see her. And just the way that she said it, she smiled and her body language was so positive. Whereas the opposite of that was the person she was talking to. His name was Tyler. And his reaction to visiting parents was quite negative and um, was deemed as some type of an obligation because he even said, well, yeah got to do that. And so there's a bit of mocking in there too, where she had just total respect and honor for her parents. Having said that, there does come a time when Rachel becomes split in honoring her parents. She comes split between honoring her parents and keeping an image at school, and her behavior towards her parents deteriorates as she drifts away from her faith. But she realizes this as a Christian, she realizes that and she does repent and apologize to her parents. I also noticed that there was um, a scene where Evan calls Mr. Whitaker, Rachel's father, Sir, which shows his respect for the parent role. And then we have the commandment against theft, thou shalt not steal. This is uplifted when Stephen Whitaker recalls the account of a young boy stealing a coin from Rachel when she was 10 years old and him affirming to Rachel that it was a sin to steal. In terms of the commandment, thou shall not commit false witness, the whole film basically, if you can, yeah, you can see it in the light of the whole film was about the lie of evolution, the lie of the evolution theory. And uh, Professor Kamen starts out with a lie. Um, it was at the very beginning when he was talking to the father and he backed the father into a corner to force him into a debate with him. The father didn't want to. But he did. But then he switched it around and said that it was the father challenging him to a debate. And then this whole lie just gets, it's basically a thread throughout the whole film. And it shows Professor Kamen's ego and how this lie ties into his ego and how it all ties into evolution. Uh, I think they did a wonderful job at that. And it also shows uh, through other examples how sin, in this particular case, lies, hurt and destroy uh, we see a um, an example where Jason uh, has ulterior motives towards Rachel and then their relationship doesn't work out and then Tyler comes along with ulterior motives. And it just does a really good job of showing why we have the Ten Commandments and why our Heavenly Father wants to protect us because it really shows the destruction that sin can do. And then we have the um, commandment about thou shalt not covet. And I made a note that Professor Portland um, was coveting, in a way, Professor Kamen. He was, co he was coveting his position at the university. He had lost his job. This was a place and a job that he loved. And so he was very bitter against Professor Kamen for many years. And uh, thankfully, he did repent. As a Christian, he realized that that, that is a sin. And he did repent for it. So in that way, the 
a commandment to not covet was lifted up. And then we go to the next section. What Christian standards does the film convey? Well, for one, scripture alone. You see that Rachel has her Bible on her nightstand and she puts it in her case as she's preparing to go away to college, indicating that this was something that she read regularly and she certainly needed it to go away to college with. And then you see Stephen Whitaker, her father's reaction when he saw evidence that she was not reading her Bible while she was in school. And throughout the film, Stephen Whitaker refers to the Bible as our authority and states it's trustworthy and the Word of God. And I really like how Professor Portland puts it in the debate when he says, he asks the audience a rhetorical question. If they are going to rely on the ever-changing ideas of man or God's Word, that pretty much sums that up for Scripture. The film does a wonderful job about lifting up the message of salvation through Christ alone. You have Stephen Whitaker's conversation with Evan at the park, where he explains how Rachel came to her faith, and that he used a situation where a boy had stolen a coin from her, and explained to Rachel that um, we have all stolen from God in some way, shape, or form. We have all sinned. And that the only way to rectify this was through Jesus. You also have a conversation between Stephen Whitaker and Professor Portland, when Professor Portland is saying he was out of the game and he was a bit dismissive. And Stephen Whitaker responded by saying, we should never stop trying to share the Lord with people. And then you have Professor Portland's statement towards the end of the debate, which is a wonderful, wonderful example of the message of salvation, where he says he puts his trust in Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for his sins, was buried and rose again on the third day, and Professor Portland said he called his stance humility, and he would rather trust and follow Christ and wait on the hope of eternal life Jesus Christ offers. And he was speaking to an audience of both Christians and non-believers, and it was just a wonderful statement of the gift of salvation that we have through Christ. And there are many other examples within the within the film. I'll put the extra ones on the blog. And there is a song at the end of the film. It's called The Stand, written by Joel Houston. And it's just a very powerful song about surrendering to Jesus Christ. Then we have the state of the dead. Professor Kamen implies that man created God to make life less painful for, his, for himself with the thought of death. So man created heaven to soften the blow of death. And Stephen Whitaker references the afterlife after this point that Professor Kamen makes. And then uh, Stephen Whitaker goes on to say he believes in an afterlife. Now, it was a bit ambiguous, um, but I'm mentioning it because Christ's return was not mentioned. So you could interpret it that they were talking about afterlife as in right after we die and not when Jesus comes back. But again, it was ambiguous. So who's to say? But I put it down because I, it, yeah, it could be a point where the film falls short uh, in this particular area of doctrine. Then we go on to biblical marriage, and this film does such a wonderful job of lifting up biblical marriage. For example, Rachel was invited to watch television with Jason, and she basically insisted that they watch it in the main lounge, you know, the lounge where that everybody uses, as opposed to in his dorm room or something like that. Now, it wasn't a scene that was shown. Jason was talking about this 
with his friends. And in fact, he was mocking Rachel for it. But it just shows her preparation for, for a biblical marriage. It shows the teachings of the Christian standards that Stephen and um, his wife had given their daughter. And you also see uh, a wonderful example of biblical marriage in the way that Stephen Whitaker and his wife treat each other. Their words and actions really do promote uh, the Christian standard of biblical marriage. And it reminded me of Ephesians 5.21 that says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And you see Stephen Whitaker portrayed as the strong but humble head of his home. He is the one that gave the speech on behalf of himself and his wife when Rachel had her going away party. He was the one that followed up when he suspected that Rachel was um, going away from her faith. He was the one that followed up with the pastor, the pastor at the local church. He looked up Professor Kamen on the internet. He arranged a, a, a meeting with him. And so he was very much portrayed in the Christian standard of the spiritual leader and the protector, but through it all, he was also humble. In terms of the standard of recognition of the value of life and blessing in children, uh, you really see that loving communication between the main character, Rachel, and her parents. I think the film did a wonderful, wonderful job of showing how uh, the Christian standard is to treat uh, our children as blessings from God. My next question, does the film give glory to God through praises and thanks? It most certainly does. I love the scene where Rachel gives silent praise and thanks to God when uh, she makes everything right with her parents. And as she's hugging them, you see that she looks up to heaven. And if I remember correctly, I think she even mouths thank you as she's looking up to heaven. It's a really, I th thought it was a quite a powerful scene. And then you have Stephen Whitaker praising God uh, with his opening speech in the debate concerning the wonder of creation. He talks about its complexity, beauty, design, intelligence, and diversity. And then you also have um, Professor Portland's speech about God being our creator and the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Okay, so my next question, did the film encourage my faith? Well, let me tell you, I have seen this film... <laughs> I've seen this film about eight times and counting. I never tire of this film. Um, yes, it encourages my faith. I love the Christian standards of the parents. Um, I, Rachel, the pastor, um, Evan, Professor Portland. It's all so encouraging and uplifting. And I was also thinking of Stephen's faith. Um, his faith was challenged and you know, he found himself scrambling to explain his faith. And I was, you know, why is that? And um, I was thinking it's because sometimes we allow intellect to intimidate us. But then we have to just go right back to our foundation, the word of God. And, and in Proverbs 9.10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The book of Proverbs is filled with wisdom, all 31 chapters, and all of that wisdom was given to Solomon by God. Stephen Whitaker ends up getting help from an unexpected friend. And it just basically shows that uh, we need fellowship. Uh, we need other Christians. Uh, but most importantly, we just need to trust and stand on the foundation of the Word of God. And if we do that, we will always see God move, God work. And I love that. And it's what we're called to do. 
and the film has the, the best title, A Matter of Faith, because at the end of the day, it's all about faith. So what actions did I do as a result of seeing the film? Um, well, the first time I saw the film, my action was that I saw it again and again and again and again. <laughs> and I'm up to number eight, I think. Um, but I really like music, so I tend to download um, the soundtrack from Christian films that uplift me and encourage me to praise the Lord. So I did download that song, I Stand, or The Stand, I think it's called, um, and I have that on my Spotify. Um, and, and I also have reflected, I've reflected on the Christian values shown through the characters of the father, Stephen Whitaker, the mother, Evan, the pastor. Um, Professor Portland and Rachel, even though she drifted away from her faith, you know, she, she her character certainly portrayed that, uh, well, it portrays what happens to a lot of us. At some point in our lives, we drift away. Um, but thank the Lord, there are people around us who pray for us and uh, call on God to call us back again. Would I change anything about the film? Well, the reference to the afterlife in the debate, even though it was ambiguous, um, it was subtle and it was made by Professor Kamen, who believed in evolution. But nevertheless, Jesus' coming was not mentioned within that context. So uh, it would have been nice to not have that in the film. So my summary is that a matter of faith beautifully shows the love the Father and Son have for mankind. It depicts the beauty of God, our Father, and the miracle of his works in everything we see and can't see, and really illustrates very well the false theory of evolution that is now being taught in schools as a matter of fact. It shows a lovely example of a biblical Christian family, with the father as the spiritual leader and protector of his family, and the mother as her husband's helper and nurturer of the household. It acknowledges and demonstrates the fierce spiritual battle we are in and how it affects Christians and non-believers alike. It also illustrates how we have the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ that is ours if we submit, humbly accept it, and stand on the authority of the Bible as our life guide. My understanding from the Bible about what happens when we die enables me to watch a matter of faith with the solid understanding that we remain in the grave when we die and the afterlife starts when Jesus returns, not before. Titus 2.13 says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearance of the great God and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Jesus' return to collect all those who believed and believe in him is a beautiful promise we can look forward to. The Blessed Hope. The film site is www.amatteroffaithmovie.com and you can find the DVD and digital download on www.christianmovies.com. But I'll have those links in the podcast information and all of this will also be on our blog. Thank you very much for listening and until next time, peace be with you.